a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hope you're all having a tremendous Friday. Hans, how the heck are you? Doing good, Scotty. How you been, bud? Awesome. Can't complain. What do you know? What do I know? I don't know a lot, man. (laughs) How's Vegas treating you? That's been the complaint for a while. Um, Vegas is fine. It's fine. It's all right. I just saw your $30 breakfast. It's you like that? Yeah, it's a little alarming. Lloyd, did you see the picture of his $30 breakfast? Can't believe he spent 30 bucks, but whatever. Hey, it's Vegas. How are those I've lucky charms? I've had it. No more. <laughs> Last time I was in Vegas, I got stuck. You know, Lloyd and I always have a uh, you know thing on, you know, we'll, if we're at a breakfast place, usually we get the Eggs Benedict. If we're not, you know, having breakfast at our normal breakfast joint, I'll take a picture like, hey, Lloyd. Look what I'm having. Lloyd does the same whenever he's and, – and so I'm like, hey, you know, I'll have Eggs Benedict. Last week when I was in Vegas, and it came out to like 25 bucks. Oh, boy. For a simple Eggs Benedict, which wasn't that good. Didn't so even I'm have like, hash browns with it. Uh, it did, but they were like this – like that, uh, oh, that that's triangle, right. triangle thing that you get at McDonald's. So anyway, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. So I did the most Utah thing ever. Most Utah thing you possibly could do. I went to a gas station – and uh, bought a little prepackaged thing of Captain Crunch and a little thing of milk, and that was my breakfast. Six twenty-five. Yeah, uh, it was. It was about five bucks. Yeah. Okay, it's better than twenty-four bucks for a little tiny eggs and Benedict and nothing. And it was just as good, and I feel just as good about myself. Just as tasty. Just as tasty. I know it, you could not get more Utah than what I just did, and I'm a little, you know. But then I'm like, you know what? Hans would be proud. 
I think Hans would be proud of me. I am extremely proud. Extremely proud of what you've done here. So resourceful. <laughs> Your dad would be proud. Oh, Richard would be really proud of that one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, making some good financial decisions while you're in Vegas. Everything else going good in Vegas? Lloyd, I thought we yeah. were going to strut. We, we didn't. You decided oh, not to. I don't think you could strut after a quarterfinal win. That's what right? I told. I, I, I was, we, Lloyd and I were going back and forth. We're like, what can we do to make Scotty laugh here? And we forgot to strut after Boise, after the, the win over, over Boise State. But uh, I who thought, they draw tonight. Yes. So now I think. After tonight, well, we won't be able to strut because the thing is, the championship game is tomorrow if they by chance win. So, so you're saying that? So you're saying the Utah State's going to lose somewhere? So there's no strutting on Monday? No, there would be strutting. They're going to win, this but I don't want to wait till Monday to strut. I feel like strutting now. Hey, hey, so Scotty, Utah State's good play hurt them again, huh? Yeah, they did. This one, this one did them in. They uh, it didn't hurt them against Boise, but it did hurt them last night. Is all the talking heads, you watch any bracketology, and they'll say, well, yeah, Utah State's got a good net. Their Ken Palm number's great, but they don't have any quad one wins. They only have one quad one win. Well, last night, here's your qualifications for a quad one win. A top 50 net team in a neutral site counts as a quad one win. Last night, Nevada, or excuse me, uh, New Mexico came in ranked number 49 in the net. So that was a quad one game for Utah State until Utah State won by 15. And so this morning when they update the nets, because New Mexico lost by 15, that slides them to number 52 in the net. So that no longer ceases to be a quad one win. Had Utah State won, let's say New Mexico led the entire game and Utah State hit some crazy shot at the buzzer to win by one, that would have been a quad one win. But because Utah State dominated from start to finish, led by as many as 20, won by 15, it is not a quad one win. Ah, good for them. Way to shove them on down. Way to keep knocking these guys out of their quads. <laughs> Way to screw it up. Utah State screwed it up last night by winning by too much. Yeah, that's a ridiculous thing. That needs to change. Watching that New Mexico team, by the way, that team is like watching like the cocaine bear. Like, they go up and down the, the floor, and they don't stop. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Stop. Well, what's his face? Wait, uh, did you go watch the cocaine bear no i didn't oh. but i've seen that i i've seen the hey, previews enough he's not far off hands i know it is bear. It's, it's pretty pretty spot on actually New mexico runs around like the cocaine bear they do and they don't stop there's no like they're constantly running i'm like you dude save some energy for down the stretch a little bit you can't constantly do this oh but so they did got- they are a crazy talented team. They don't have a lot of size, but you know Jamal Mashburn, who was in, you know, played at Kentucky and went to the Final Four, was in the NBA forever. Yeah, his son, his son is on that team. Jamal Mashburn Jr., heck of a player. And then you remember Eddie House, who was instant offense oh, yeah. in the NBA. House his is son, the, yeah. Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette. House is the the cocaine bear of all of them. Uh, yeah, he no, just he goes. Is, he is Mister Cocaine Bear. And Eddie House's son, Jalen House, is on that team. And so you've got two NBA legacy, you know, kids of NBA players, and they are freakishly talented. They don't have a lot of size, but boy, Lloyd is right. They they are a million miles an hour, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's not great, and it wasn't good for them last night. Well, Boise State is going to be a fun matchup. What Did the crowd cause some problems last night or something? I saw you tweeting about something the crowd was doing. Well, no, it was just uh, – it was – so New Mexico, and you've been to enough Mountain West Conference tournaments back in the day. I love them. You know 
Oh, I know. It's one of my favorite events to go to. And uh, but but New Mexico, and I think this says something about Albuquerque that everybody wants to get out. Is that it's a it's a yearly pilgrimage for New Mexico fans. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter if they're good. It doesn't matter if they're bad. They're coming. They're going to show up. In, in, I mean, they are going to flood the Thomas and Mack. And so last night, it, it was hopping. Utah State fans are well represented. But Utah State hates Boise State. So UNLV, the game before, UNLV was down by 22 to Boise State, comes back and takes the lead. And Utah State fans were filing in, getting ready for their game. Well, they're realizing two things. Number one, they would much rather play UNLV in the semis than Boise State. And number two, they don't like Boise State very much. So Utah State fans were losing their mind chanting with the UNLV fans, it was a real home court advantage for UNLV because Utah State fans were getting in on the mix and really getting after Boise State in that game. And then afterwards, New Mexico fans, after just losing to Utah State, starts cheering, let's go Broncos, you know, because they're mad that Utah State just knocked them out. And so it was just, it was a really fun environment. That's why I love conference tournaments, because fans get a little crazy. They get a little unruly. There's no really rhyme or reason what they're going to cheer for. And it's just, I mean, it's it's just fun, man. That's what college athletics should be about. It is. It's a great time. Excited to see the second round kick off. What time is the Boise State game tonight? Ooh, get ready. It's scheduled for a 10 p.m. start time mountain, <laughs> 9 o'clock here in Vegas. Uh, but you know how those things go. It'll probably be closer to 1030 than, oh than 10 o'clock. What a sham. What I know, absolute sham. Well, here's the biggest thing too, and regardless of who wins, Utah, Utah or Boise State, the winner, the championship game is tomorrow at three o'clock. So they're going to play a game tonight that won't start until ten thirty, whether it's Utah State or B, or Boise State, whoever wins this game, and they've got to turn around and play a game essentially twelve hours later oh, for a championship. That's crazy. Uh, that is. That's got to be. Fi- I don't know if they can fix it. If they can, I try to figure out a way because it seems like it's an unfair. Well, it's just ask. It's just this team. You know, sadly, it just comes down to the network saying, "Oh, hey, we're giving you millions of dollars. Okay, we're you're going to play when we tell you to play. So uh, yeah. you'll take it and you'll like it and shut your mouth." I, maybe in my younger years, ten o'clock wouldn't have affected me. And and it's it probably does feel more like nine nine thirty to these guys as they tip off, but. Geez, if I had to play a game that tipped off at 9.30 right now and played into 11.30, I would feel that. I don't think these college kids do, though. No, I, I don't either. And plus, both teams have to deal with it. So it's an issue for both. They'll sleep in a little bit. You remember college times. You don't really think about what time it is. You just think that anything before 8 o'clock is early. Yeah. And everything after 8 o'clock a.m., I guess some would, maybe it's 11 o'clock. Anything before 11 is early, then anything after 11 a.m. is just fine and dandy. It's all room to play, but I, it still feels weird to me that they would be playing at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, again, you're, you know, look, you're in your early 20s. You probably should be able to handle it, and I, I'm sure these kids will, but still, it, it, I think it does hurt your overall quality of play from both sides, honestly. Um, San Diego State, if they win, they'll have a, maybe a three-hour advantage, which is you know could be significant. But still, I mean, it's tough to just turn around and start playing great basketball. It's your third game in three days, and then you have a 12-hour rest. Mm-hmm. But then you look at some of these kids and what they do in AAU. They're playing like three or four games a day. 
um, over a you know four day tournament. So they're used to it, and uh, I'm sure they'll be fine. But hopefully, Utah State's in it. I do think they are uh, probably in the NCAA tournament hands after last night. But I don't know. I, I you know I do think uh, win tonight would absolutely get them in. But uh, I do feel pretty confident that that they probably punched their ticket last night. It's going to be a fun game tonight. Make sure you tune in. It is going to be a little bit later, so maybe get a nap in before you watch this game tonight. But, Scotty, we are jam-packed for the show today. We've got some great guests. And I'm really interested in this starter. I'm interested because you and I have not talked about this tweet that was sent out yesterday referencing a piece by a guy that visits (laughs) our show often. And I'm excited to get your thoughts on this. Let's get to it. Starting lineup right now, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. It's time for your starting lineup brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home of the award winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune up or visit them online at leesheatac.com. So, the athletic director of the University of Utah, Mark Harlan, sent out a tweet yesterday referencing a story put together by Dennis Dodd. It's a simple tweet. It just says, give me a break. The headline for Dennis Dodd's story is, Big 12 readies to pounce on four-corner schools as doubt creeps creeps in about Pac-12's viability. And Mark Harlan just sent a tweet that says, give me a break. First and foremost, I know that uh, you are an expert in this area. You went to school and graduated in this field. Uh, What kind of PR situation does this cause is this and how thought out was this tweet scotty i can't think i can't imagine it was well thought out because you never know what's going to happen like you can't paint yourself into a corner and i know mark harlan's probably tired of everything that's going on and he's privy to a lot more information than we are so in his mind he's thinking i know what's going on in my conference i know that i feel pretty good about that we're all going to stick together but one thing that we've learned in conference realignment, you can't count on anything. And everybody, and you said this yesterday, Hans, and we talked to Jerry Bovey, who's the athletic or interim athletic director at Utah State, and he even said the thing, same thing about the Aggies. Like, you're sitting in these room with all these people, and you're all saying, yeah, we're in it together, we're in it together. But in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, but if the Big Ten comes calling, we're gone. I mean, let's be honest here. Mark Harlan says, oh, give me a break. But if the Big Ten called tomorrow and said, hey, Utah, we want you, you don't think Mark Harlan would say, hey, see you guys, we're out, we're gone. Like, you can't paint yourself in a corner like that, and it's it's not great. And I, I think that he probably wishes he could reel that one back in. I would imagine, and it's still on the account, and so I feel like he's digging his feet in. And he's saying, "No, we're gonna we're gonna ride with this. We're gonna ride with this. Give me a break." Tweet. The tough thing is, Scotty, and I've read through the piece twice in order to try to pick out some things that I'm thinking. Well, 
what's he saying? Give me a break about because Dennis Dodd's piece actually went through a bevy of things. It talks about the Big Twelve tournament that's about to take place and everything that uh, that Brett Yormark has put in place to make this a bigger and better Big Twelve tournament. We'll talk about some of the things that he's done to ready the arena and everything that's kind of gone into this. He's doing a lot of great things. Yormark is making the Big Twelve conference tournament quite the uh, event and and rightfully so it's got the best teams in the in the country well it's got a group of some of the best teams in the country solidly in that conference so it's going to be exciting so i'd imagine mark harlan's going to ride with this and so i thought all right i'm going to read through this i'm going to try to find the pieces that i'm thinking he's meaning give me a break because i don't think he's saying give me a break about what your mark is doing about the big 12 conference so these two uh, comments stood out to me from the Dennis Dodd piece. Scotty, I'm going to read them to you, and you tell me if, if you think. And again, it's hard because it's a bit of a cryptic tweet. Give me a break on this Dennis Dodd piece can say give me a break to six or eight different things that Dennis Dodd is expressing in this piece. But here's a couple of quotes from his piece. Your mark continues to pursue the Pac-12's four-corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. There have been weekly conversations between the Big 12 and those four programs as talks have heated up, one league insider tells CBS Sports. The other quote is, Scotty, it may only take one of the four-corner schools to bolt from the Pac-12 for the other three to follow. Big 12 sources say those were the two comments, the two quotes that stuck out to me in this piece that I couldn't help but think, ah, uh, I wonder if Mark Harlan is saying, give me a break to you and your league insider sources. Give me a break that if one bolts were all or give me a break that there have been weekly conversations between the Big 12 and those four programs. So, Scotty, if if there were conversations between Utah and Brett Yormark, would those conversations be held between Mark Harlan and the Big 12? Or do those go more to the presidential level of the university? Because I'm trying to figure out how informed Mark Harlan is in regards to what's going on between the Big 12 and possibly these, according to Dennis Dodd and his CBS insiders, and these weekly conversations that are being had, how tuned in would Mark Harlan be to those things? Um, I think that uh, that's a great question, Hans. I, I would think that Mark Harlan would be involved, but I do think that's a president. Um, conversation. That's what if I there think. Are weekly, if there are weekly conversations, I think it would go at the highest level at the University of Utah. I think it would be the highest level, and I think you know you you've been a part of some big time negotiations and some really important conversations uh, as you were in those some of the office conversations with Utah Jazz and and you know that. <clears throat> The big time, most important conversations are held at the very highest parts of that organization. And so I'm not discrediting Dennis Dodd, and I'm not saying that this is absolutely factual. I'm just saying these conversations could be held, and Mark Harlan might not really know exactly what's going on between the Big 12 and the University of Utah. Um, I'll back up a little bit to your comment as to what Mark Harlan might be saying, give me a break to. 
Look at the headline on the tweet. The tweet itself says, Big 12 readies to pounce on four-corner schools as doubt creeps in about Pac-12's viability. And I think it might be just the the whole headline about, or at least the second part of that headline, as doubt creeps in about Pac-12 viability. And I think that Mark Harlan be trying to back up that collective quote that was made by the university or by the Pac-12 schools that essentially said, "Hey, um, we're all for one, one for all." And so Mark Harlan sent out this tweet saying, "No, no, we're all in. There's the we are viable." But the problem is they're not viable, hands. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And so it just seems like there is too much going on and too much uncertainty in terms of the University of Utah and where they're going to be playing athletics over the next several years. Is it really, is the Pac-12, can you really feel comfortable about where the Pac-12 is right now? I, look, they might get their TV deal and be just fine, but right now it's okay to think that there's a high level of uncertainty here. I would love to know if there was another athletic director in the Pac-12 that said anything like this, retweeted it and said anything like this. I'd like to know if if there's anybody else out there. I have not seen it. I've not heard about it. But I also haven't dug real deep to see if any other athletic director or any other president has commented on this Dennis Dodd piece that was released. With that being said, and I do think that you very well could be right. Maybe the give me a break is just to the headline itself. But there is a lot of substance in this piece that Dennis Dodd put out. And there are a lot of comments from sources close to the Big 12 in this CBS piece that Dennis Dodd put out. But I just want to take a quick second and give people what I know or have come to know about Mark Harlan. And the reason I asked, do you feel like this tweet, this give me a break tweet was really vetted, or if if it was just kind of a knee jerk or a passionate throw. The thing that I've come to learn about Mark Harlan, and I, I think that you would agree on this, Scotty, he is an extremely careful man. He is extremely careful. He It feels like everything that he's done since he's been at the University of Utah has taken time, has taken Hard work has taken investigation. It's. I feel like everything Mark Harlan does is calculated. It's planned. It's slow. It's intelligent. And I've really liked the work that Mark Harlan has done for the University of Utah. That's why when a tweet like this comes out, a quick give me a break, and it goes to exactly what you opened up with, where... Jeez, we are on unsettled ground. I don't think that you want to disrupt or upset anything because there are so many possibilities out there. And saying, give me a break is kind of like, well, you say, give me a break that the Big 12 can't get you or the Pac-12 won't break up because I think all of these things are a possibility. Yeah. Yep. So when I see a tweet like this from a man as intelligent and as and, and calculated may have a negative connotation, and I'm not saying calculated in a negative way, but a man as intelligent and calculated in his social media distribution or any really public release, it just this tweet feels different to me. It feels different, like he's got some type of you know blood brother communication with the Pac-12, and they're like, hey, hey, wink, wink. We're not going anywhere. If we have to take $12 million 
from Ion and Apple TV. Wink, wink. We're doing this thing together. It just, <laughs> it feels like he knows something. And it would be ridiculous for him to send out a tweet that says, give me a break, when there's instability and all kinds of possibilities. This is the type of tweet that makes you look really bad if at any point the University of Utah is not with the Pac-12. But and that's because this tweet leaves it up for everybody's interpretation. This tweet leaves all of us have to interpret it. You interpreted it from the headline. I interpreted it from the two spots that I grabbed, the two quotes that I grabbed. It just leaves it up for any interpretation. And that feels risky in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful. And that's the thing that concerns me a little bit because, you know, in this day and age of social media where everybody's going to hold on to every little thing you've ever said or everything you've ever tweeted, it would be really difficult for Mark Harlan to have to walk it back and go to the Big 12 because the Pac-12 imploded. So that's why I think, you know what, if I'm Utah right now, I feel pretty I feel pretty good because Mark Harlan doesn't seem like a guy who shoots from the hip a little bit. And so there's got to be some level of strong confidence that there's going to be an announcement here in the next week or two about a relatively strong TV deal. Has to be, right? I hope. I would hope. It it has to be. Have you not got the same sense of Mark Harlan as, as I've got? Yes, absolutely. Because yep. we have watched some pretty big things happen at the University of Utah in his time. And I am privy to some kind of backstory information on a few different things that have happened at the University of Utah. And the one thing I always come away from anytime I get information in regards to anything that's going on in the interior of that that school with that football program or or the athletics department, it always come back it always comes back as Mark Harlan is very, very calm, very deliberate, and does not want to misstep. He doesn't want to misstep. Yeah. He is not driven by by a passionate knee-jerk reaction to a piece that Dennis Dodd put out there. That's why this tweet, that's why I'm talking about it. This tweet, give me a break. I feel like it's got some type of deeper meaning. I feel like he, like you just mentioned, he's got something that he knows about the Pac-12 and their viability and their agreement and their future. It just, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty telling tweet to me, Scotty. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just, I was going to add something else, but that, that would just kick up the, nah, never mind. Sorry. There's something else you can read into it too, but. That's Let's just going to cause right more out. problems. Hey, no, no, no. Uh-oh. I was just, I was just going to joke around a little bit, but hey, let's have a good gonna, time, Scotty. Come on. No, no, it's just going to make, it's uh, just going to make people angry. Are you, you saying know? that he may have left the word "up" on on the end of that tweet? Give me a break up. Oh, see, well done by you. Did he forget to put the word up? And he's going to be give me the break up so we can get going with this. Maybe. Wow. See, I like that. See, now you're so if the if if Utah goes to the Big Twelve, he's like, no, I told you guys, we were breaking up. I, I said it in a tweet. I said, give me the breakup so we can I get gave going. You the breaking news there with our new Jeez. relationship. 
All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. I'm here in Las Vegas. Big one tonight for Utah State as they take on Boise State. Hans, you're back in our Salt Lake studios. Time to talk about the Lyft Clinic, and uh, Dr. Chris Chapman's hanging out with us. Dr. Chapman, how are you? I'm great. Good to see you, my friend. That's yeah, good to see you. We were missing... We're missing somebody here. I guess he's. I'm here. I'm here, here, just just about 500 miles away, but I'm still here. He's here in voice and spirit, Doc. Yeah, and I bet it's warmer down there. A little bit. Yeah, it's little beautiful. Bit. It's warmer, but what a trash city. Oh. But we need to get our guy Scotty out of there before he comes back jilted. Operation Changed. Rescue. Yeah. Rescue <laughs> Scotty. Speaking of uh, Operation Rescue, Dr. Chapman, let's talk about this. Yeah. You're fixing people. Yeah. You are fixing people in all kinds of problems and situations. Uh, you and I were just talking about. Uh, an individual that had some serious problems. Yeah, you know, it's just, came into the clinic. Yeah, we are. You know, I've been. I came up with this thought: like, so many of these patients get injured, but they don't. They don't remember when they were injured. They have all the residual symptomatology of being injured. And um, the, the little video I, I was showing a couple of your colleagues. I, I'll show this with you and show this with you. But here we've got this fellow who has been suffering with vertigo and headaches for about the last you know year and in 2021 in november he was at a high school um ball game and he stepped from one bleacher to the next and the bleacher collapsed under his Hmm. weight it buckled and then it sprang back up but he toppled down and he landed right right on his head and neck right where the head meets the neck at that critical point and you know he does what most of us do when we fall in public like that we jump right up we brush ourselves off it's like everybody's we're good we're good we're good you know when you kind of walk it off you feel weird a little bit after that but you know he's fallen a couple of times since then because his balance is off and he's been to wow emergency room he's seen neurologists and they're telling him you know it's just you have vertigo migraines and um, oh, or vestibular migraines and it's like that might be a right de- def- diagnosis but the cause of that was this one little thing that happened to him and he showed me this video but we fixed him yesterday and he got his balance back um, his vision a quick improved. return he could, he could literally see, he looked out my window and he said I could see the cars moving on I-15 wow. you know from from a distance it was pretty cool well, if you are feeling any of these symptoms, headaches, vertigo, if you have been dealing with issues, and I've heard the spot that just ran, and I love it, if maybe you were in a car accident years ago, these things can be withstanding. You can still be dealing with the fallout of these injuries. Give yeah. the Lyft Clinic a call. Give them a try. Dr. Chapman's here to help you. Doc, thank you so much for yeah. being in studio. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. Check them out on the website, theliftclinic.com. Get there now. That's theliftclinic.com. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Wherever you go, the zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to the zone wherever you may be. Listen to me. This stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming the zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to 
Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right! Yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Man. Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her marbles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I was born upon the sea. Oh, buddy. I think the three of us as dads, me, you, and Lloyd, we just try not to ruin our kids. Yeah. You know, we, we give them the best examples we possibly can. We try to be there for them. Now, every once in a while, you just stumble across something. You're like, "Did I, did I ruin him? <laughs> did, did I do it? Was this the? This is he's going to be in? He's going to be on Doctor Phil in 20 years. Yeah, I feel this way every day. He's going to be the cash me outside kid on Doctor Phil. Yep. Um, yep. Man, as parents, you try to do the best, but sometimes, sometimes not everybody can be a. a a parent like Craig Bowlerjack. No, no. Bowler set the uh, bar extremely high. Craig Bowlerjack joins us now right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Bowler, how the heck are you? Hey, Bowler. Oh, hello. Hello from Charlotte. Uh, you know what? You guys, I tell you, I laugh every time we get a chance to meet on Fridays. You know what? I fear exactly the same thing. Uh, my wife and I talk about it all the time. Like, what if one day we get a call? And, you know, uh, like you said, Dr. Phil, there's an intervention. And all of a sudden, they all three tell us, you never fed us. You never paid attention to us. You never did anything. I, I mean, I'd fall out of my chair. But yeah. uh, you never know. Well, we the problem is you've got adult kids, and Scotty and I know one of them very well. And he is a culinary artist. He is an exceptional human being. And Scotty and I always looked at each other every time we were around him and thought, oh, boy. can we just raise a kid to be like this? Can, oh, we, hey, can we build one of these? I just, no, I, it, if, we, if we could all have uh, our own versions of DJ, we would be in great shape. Uh, you guys are great. DJ's, uh, he's a good guy, you know. If there's any single women out there. <laughs> oh, no, Bowler. Scotty and I could sell oh. it, man. Scotty uh, and I could sell you know, it. I think he's roaming the streets free now. So, uh, you know, uh, 
No, it's it's uh, it's a challenge, man. Being a parent, you know, I was away a lot early, so you know, you always the, the thing we always said in our house was the you know, open door, and so if there was something going on at two a.m. or two p.m., never too late, never too early, just to talk. And I think talking is real important to, to the youth, even more so today. That's just, and my mom and dad were the same way, so I just kind of took a piece of what I learned and just kind of transferred it to to my son. So, well, that it's, it's not an easy it's not an easy task, guys. As we all know, it's it's a challenge every day. I was scared. <laughs> High school days, man. I was I didn't know what to expect. Every day that they came home, I had no idea what was going to happen or what was what was going to be laid down on the table. Like, oh boy, here we go. But uh, we dealt we dealt with some stuff. Don't get me wrong, man. For sure, we did absolutely. Well. Your advice goes directly against the advice Scotty just gave me because I just had an incident in the house yesterday, yeah. and yeah. I felt like it may be ruining one of my kids. And I re- I reached out to Scotty and I just said, "Scotty, what do you think?" He said, "Just ignore it, man." And I said, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> never happened. Just ignore it. Ignore it. Never It'll happened. Go yeah. away." <laughs> He'll just, he'll just go like, away. I'd like to argue with him, but that's exactly what I said. Just like pretend nothing happened and just move on. Oh man, I'm telling you, Bowler, this parent thing is is. Oh, it's tough. It, it is. It's a gut check. My dad did that one time. Um, I was caught being out too late, and of course, um, my mom has radar, and she knew I wasn't in the house, and so it was probably two a.m. And I was out with some buddies, and we just sauntered into the house, calm as cucumbers, and they're all standing at the front door. And I thought, oh, uh, life has just ended. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> and my mom looked at me, and she says, you know what? I have nothing to say at this moment, but tomorrow I will. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, and, then, and then my dad just looked at me and said, man, you know what? You can get a lot of trouble out there. I'll never forget. And he just stared at me in a, a little military glaze, you know, the old the old drill sergeant and I go, Oh gosh. And my buddies were just standing there like frozen, like stone, you know, they were like stone statues. They didn't want to mess with, you know, with my dad. So we go downstairs and that's where we, you know, supposedly slept, but we all had our eyes wide open for about three hours later. And you know what? We got up the next day. My dad never said another word to me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Let it go. So I think, I think the moment, was the teaching moment and 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 the stare and the the silence is almost more of a punishment than any words, you know? Yeah. And I, I said, man, did I screw up? <laughs> so sometimes you get the message yourself, man. But <laughs> you know, it, it was uh, when my mom says we got the cops out looking for you. I thought, oh, oh boy, oh, oh no, yeah, that's that's not great. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a bad one. Yeah, that was a bad one. It's really my brother to blame because he was coming home for prom. And we had make this makeshift tent. You know how that is. Uh, and about four or five guys were just hanging out there for the night. And then we left. And, of course, we were, uh, you know, just looking out and meeting up with some girls. And uh, <laughs> my it. brother came home. He was going to scare us in the tent. And he walks in and goes, hey, man, where's Craig? <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, pal. You blew my cover. Gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, so that was that was the end of that one, man. Yeah. I remind him quite often of that evening, by the way. Yeah. Well, well, last night, uh, the Jazz in Orlando, it was a battle of who wants it less more. And uh, yeah. Orlando <laughs> it loses to the Jazz. Say that one again. 
Who wants it less? More. Okay. Uh, but the Jazz get the win over Orlando, 131 to 124. But, you know, here's the thing, Buller. I know you hear a lot of people, and you probably go to a grocery store or gas station. Somebody's like, hey, can you tell those Jazz players to lose games? Come on, we need draft right. picks. But you can't, tell, you can't tell these guys to lose games. They're, they're too competitive. And Larry Markkinen did what Larry Markkinen's done a lot and make big plays in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, true. You know, and there's a Chris Dunn out there who's playing some high-level defense and then maybe found a home here, right? He's been well-traveled, put himself back into the G League, worked his way back, former fifth-round, fifth, you know, number five player taken in the draft. And all of a sudden, you get a, a really uh, impressive defender right now playing who makes big plays, turnovers, finish, rebounds. Uh, you've got Ochai, who's growing. You've got Kessler who you know got off to such a fast start on the defensive end last night with three block shots. And I have this conversation a lot, you know, even within our group. It's like, wow, Big T, what do you think, man? You know, what are you going to do? And, I, and, and, and Justin Zanuck has said to us a couple of times that, you know, and again, there, this is the one line in a private conversation that we can quote, is the fact that, you know, there was no preconceived notion of how this team was going to play or how they wanted them to play. And I think that's an important thing because you can, I guess, you know, hands in the professional ranks, you're expected to compete because you're well-paid. Sure. And I think this is an interesting quandary because fans complain about the lack of play and the lack of effort, but then they change when it would actually benefit the team and them as fans to lose. And so then I think to myself, okay, what are the Jazz trying to do? Maybe they're trying to really do both. I mean, they want to set, I know this word culture gets overused, but when you have a lot of young players uh, like Kessler, uh, like Ochai, like Taylor Horton Tucker, even though he looks older, he's only four years in, man. You know, I mean, he's learning a new position, by the way, and they're really giving him a chance to, to, to elevate his game. But if you tell them just to drop and lose, then what do you do at the same time? The culture, again, overused, but I think in this case it's worthy that you're trying to say this is how you win. You know, you go through strife, you go through struggles, struggles, you lose games in Dallas, even though you played your tail off against two of the best players in the world in Kyrie and Luka, and you come back to Orlando that has some pieces, much like the Jazz, and all of a sudden you go out and, and you bust tail and you win. I mean, I don't know what else you do. I mean, unless you just basically embarrass these guys and put rotations in that make no sense. But what do you teach in the process? So I'm glad I'm not an owner. I'm glad I'm not a coach because it's a difficult thing to, to work through. I think that the, the what I know of Will Hardy, he's a competitor. Where do you think he came from? I mean, Popovich is one of the toughest, but even though – I believe they would have the fourth pick in the draft or the third pick in the draft. It changes hourly at this time. They're still competing, but they don't have a lot of pieces. They traded away Pirtle, right, to kind of put the mark on it. Even though the Jazz traded away, you know, Mike, you know, Mike Connolly and Beasley and Vando and and uh, Nah, it, it's the Jazz. Whoever comes in seems to want to play. And so, what do you do? I say you let them play and see where the chips fall. You know, right now, fifteen to play. They're 11th in the West, but it's crazy. They're half a game. I was just writing these notes down. They're half a game out of the play-in, and how crazy. They're two games out of six. I mean, that's how stacked up the Western Conference is, and you don't know how this is going to end, and it just has to play itself out. The Jazz still have a hard 
scheduled to go. Uh, come home, you see Boston on the road, you see Brooklyn on the road, you still go to San Antonio. That may be just a yawner, but who knows. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But I find it intriguing on the direction that a lot of fans talk about, but also what's best in the end run. I mean, are you teaching Ochai the right habits to win? Uh, or does Ochai and Walker say, yeah, tonight doesn't matter? You know, and that's I'm talking like two years down the road, right? So I think it's a great discussion. I really do. So, Bowler, I was going through Lowry Markkinen's season to this point and going through some of the games that he's had and the all-star run that he had to become a starter in that all-star game. Even though it was a replacement of Zion, he was a starter in the all-star right. game. He's averaging 25.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 2 assists a game, shooting nearly 52% from the field. And I was trying to think of the individual performances I've seen in a season from jazz players. Where does this rank? And I was oh. going I was going through all kinds of different years and seasons, but where does this Lowry Markinen 2023 season rank in terms of individual seasons by jazz players? Probably one of two or both of Carl Malone's MVP years. You know, we, we honestly, uh, I mean, you know, Carl was in that 27-point range for a long time in his career. We compared that last night, by the way, to Dirk Nowitzki's 05-06 MVP season, and the numbers are almost mirror identical. And But, you know, that was in, this is now, and I think Dallas won 60, right? 60 games. But it still shows you how productive he is, and how some teams maybe misfired on basically his his skill set because he's a powerful guy at the rim. He can step down and hit the three. He's got right and left hand ability, mid range, hits free throws, rebounds. He's almost nine a game in that category. So I mean again, he's six years in and I, I'm really a believer that and even like for Chris Dunn, do you find a coach, do you find a system that works? And I think the answer to that for both those players at the moment is absolutely yes. And, you know, Will, Hard- Will Hardy's a, a hungry young coach with a lot of guys who want to make players better. And Utah's always, you know, hung their hat, right, guys, on development. And they've got that opportunity now with several players, and we're watching it in live time. I think the Jazz actually will be ahead of schedule because of the minutes and the starts that Taylor Horton Tucker and Ochai Abaji are getting right now. So they've got things to work on in the offseason, but they're getting valuable minutes and valuable experience uh, as one is a rookie and one who's playing a new position. And Kessler as well is is ahead of schedule. Most guys sit on the bench and get those fourth quarter minutes, you know, in the last, you know, two or three minutes of the game. But these guys are right there in the thick of it. And, and I think it only helps them uh, when we uh, jump into next year. The great Craig Bowler, Jack, joining us right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Bowler, always a pleasure. we got to cut you loose. I know you're busy, but uh, enjoy Charlotte. Charlotte ranked pretty high on your list of NBA cities, or, uh, I mean, you, you got a little bit of Carolina barbecue there. Anything good going oh, yeah. on in Charlotte? Oh, yeah. that's that's It's raining. Uh, this trip has been nothing but rain. The whole country's under uh, rain and storms and snow. Uh, so it's rained hard last night and, again, just kind of uh, kind of wet right now, but We'll find some barbecue. I was going to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I've been there once, but they're closing early today for some reason, so I don't know. Uh, I may still try to sneak over there. But um, 
Uh, hey, good luck to the uh, to the Aggies, by the way. That's another great conversation of how they could be on the bubble when uh, they're two-point favorites against Boise State. Tonight. They're right so, there, man. They are right be, there. I appreciate it's that. Awesome. should be a fun one. should be should a fun be, one for man. sure. Have a good time on that call, Scotty. Thank you, Bowler. That means a lot. Thanks. You're we'll the best, you Bowler. Right. Tell DJ hi right. for us. I'll do it. Thanks, guys. All right. Love it. There's the man himself, Craig Bullerjack. Again, those conversations drop, uh, brought to you by Mountland Supply. Drop in on any of the Mountland Supply locations throughout Utah for all your HVAC, plumbing, waterworks, landscape, and agricultural irrigation needs. Check them out at mountlandsupply.com. So, Scotty, just to give people kind of an idea of what Larry Marketing is doing right now for the Jazz, you you know, you go through those individual performances, and, and I know – Andre Kirilenko carried a couple Jazz teams. Andre Kirilenko never had a 20-point-per-game season. In fact, his highest output was his third season in the league. It was that 2003-2004 season, and he averaged 16.5 points. Andre Kirilenko never had the rebound season that Lowry Markinen is currently having. His best rebound season was the same season. He averaged 16.5 points and 8.1 rebounds. Same with the blocks, uh, same with shooting percentage. Lowry Markinen is outperforming anything we ever saw from Andre, Andre Kirilenko. And we could look at Donovan Mitchell and we could ask, okay, well, maybe a Donovan Mitchell season. It would, Donovan Mitchell, in his time with the Jazz, he had a 26.4 point per game season. So just a little bit ahead of Lowry Markinen. But when you take a look at rebounds, where Lowry's sitting at the eight, <clears throat> Lowry definitely had an advantage. I get it, different position, different height, different expectations. But I'm just talking about a, a an individual performance in a season that you're impressed with. And yes, Donovan impressed us. There's no question. But Lowry just continues to shock me. You you brought it up. This game goes down to Lowry marketing. Now, yep. Walker Kessler was fantastic in what he was doing, but Lowry was incredible. And continues to surprise me. Eleven fifty-two, Hans and Scotty. What you may have missed coming up next. I guess twelve fifty-two. Sorry, I'm here in Vegas. Twelve fifty-two, Hans and Scotty, ninety-seven-five, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Tim Lacombe, join us. Where do our BYU Cougars go from here? They're going to rise to the occasion. It's going to be a learning curve, no doubt, particularly basketball. If it was football, they'd be going to the SEC. It's the best league in the country. Like any huge undertaking, it's going to take a ton of effort and a ton of people pulling in the same direction. But one thing I know is BYU's a really competitive place. If you're competitive people, they want to be known for excellence. And over time, I think they can get there. This year was a rough year basketball. Wise, you know, we had one our last year there. Football's done a good job. I think football's positioned with coaching moves and getting things kind of solidified. So it's going to be fun. I live a mile from there. I live just far enough away that I don't have anything to do with it, but I can sit and watch it all, and it's going to be fascinating. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Cougars and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone.
Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for all of you making us a part of your Friday. Hans, the weekend is almost here. It Fire is. Up. Let's go. So, Lloyd, is there is that different than any other time when you're trying to get a, our attention and we don't pay attention? No, it's not. It's far for the course. You could uh, you could be able to hear me. You still <laughs> just don't care about me. Because so there's times that I've got that thing cranked full blast and, and your you voice still don't is, respond. Uh, I do. Scotty doesn't. Scotty sometimes chooses not to hear you. Did Lloyd? Did you say something, Lloyd? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is the frustrating part sometimes. Oh, please. Oh, calm All down. we do is step in line to everything you request. Hey, if you don't want to do a read, don't do a read. Don't get paid for it. Whatever. I do I do every read you ask me to. Well, almost. Even the ones. <laughs> no, no. Don't, we don't need I'm, to go there. Don't. I might, I might complain about um, the timing of some, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every once in a while, Lloyd will say, hey, give us a read, and it, it's just not the right timing. That happens. Hey, you, this the page on here, the lo, the live log, it doesn't know the right time. It just does it. Yeah, but here's the thing. You don't give me a heads up. and you'll just I be give like, you a heads up. No, you give me like a two-second heads up. Okay, do it now. If, I, right give now. You a he, if I give you a heads up, you'll forget. So that's why that's, I have to do it. That's not at all. So that's why because I say I, do the read here. If I do forget, then you're like, don't go to break. Read it now, you moron. Never Lloyd, once have I ever called you a moron. Hey, look, yes, you have. Lloyd, Yeah, that has ask yourself this. Are you getting more and more impatient with Scotty and I? Be honest. Because we feel like... and Has like our relationship ran its course? No, that's not what I'm asking. No, no. Have, are you less patient with us? Do we need a break? Is it not you, it's me? Is it that time? Have we hit that point? No, I we feel like, that. I feel like whatever's happening with you... You bark at us quicker and a, a, more frequently and a little bit more harshly. You're quick to anger and your words hurt. You call us names. My my words hurt. Yeah. You call us names. You are... The, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No. It's good. We've got uh, plenty of what you may have missed. Hey, what happened? Nothing happened. So, Scotty... I just want to remind people of Fred Van Vliet's amazing rant that went down Wednesday night after he got a tech, and they were able to pull off the win against OKC. But just a quick reminder, here's Van Vliet and his rant about Ben Taylor. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be and um just kind of the game up nobody's coming to see that they come to see the players, and um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was, and um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating, so at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher. One of the best rants by of all time. Yeah, by an a professional player of all time. You and I set the number 
I think it was somewhere between fifteen and twenty five thousand on the fine yeah. that would come yeah. down. The fine is out. It is thirty thousand dollars for that rant. Money well spent, probably. Oh, I think it's worth every penny. Absolutely worth every penny. And uh, good for him, too. I thought it was a great rant. I think it accomplished a lot. I don't think Ben Taylor will officiate any Raptors games the rest of the season. And he got across what he needed to. And if I'm the owner of the Raptors, I'm like, you know what? We just got you a $30,000 bonus that uh, somehow we've worked into your contract. So congratulations. You're going to be just fine. Well, there's all kinds of Toronto fans that are starting GoFundMe pages trying to get the fine taken care of. I wouldn't donate to any of those. Those are privately owned, and there's enough of them out there that they've probably collected hundreds of thousands, and a lot of people are going to be pocketing that fine money. Nobody's going to actually reach out. To Toronto, be like, oh, by the way, I, I raised uh, $30,000 for Fred Van Vliet's fine. As you mentioned, that should probably come from inside the organization. but yeah. and, and it's not going to really hurt Fred anyways. It just no. it needed to be done. And I, I wonder this, Scotty, the result of the rant, the nature of the rant, explicit-laced, very forward mentioning the exact ref that was the offender and paying $30,000 to do so. I wonder if we don't see more of this where, where NBA athletes look at it and they're like, you know what? It's, it's going to be worth 30. I don't like so-and-so. I think that this guy is a bum. And until the NBA fixes it, I think we've got a real problem in this organization. I, I could see some of that happening. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I would love to see that actually. Honestly. Thirty grand is nothing. That's a yeah. Um I, I guess I I guess I could take a minute and do some of the math on it, but I guarantee that would be probably like a hundred and fifty dollar fine for us. For Lloyd, maybe. I was to say for you guys. <laughs> It'd be whatever, Lloyd. I don't I don't want to get into any more arguments with you. That's closer to like a that's like a a fifteen dollar fine for you guys. Yeah, is it? Is that what that is? Yeah, <laughs> You're such a dork. Yeah, because we don't make money. Hold on, I'm pulling up. Uh, let's see what his contract. You walked in this morning. You threw a burrito and a five dollar bill in my face. <laughs> Did you get a burrito from the store? No, no, I didn't. I I went uh, to our our little hot spot. The little bean what? and cheese hot spot this morning. Oh, man, you got one of those? Yeah. Lloyd and I were feeling the, the burn. Lloyd and I just haven't been doing good. No, you'll feel that later. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, <we> <laughs> um, by the way, Fred Van Vliet is making $21.2 million this year. He'll be just fine losing thirty k. No big deal. All right, Hans and Scotty, uh, Dr. Chapman's hanging out with us from the Lyft Clinic. And, uh, boy, tell you what, doctor, there's a lot of people out there dealing with pain that they don't need to deal with anymore, and it's time to get it straightened out. And, uh, you know, as we joke around a lot, get your head straightened out, because in doing so, it's going to alleviate a lot of pain people are dealing with. Indeed. You know, we got so many different situations out there, Dr. Chapman, just people that are dealing with life pain and you're going three years. You're yeah. going four years, five. I think yeah. you probably see people that come in and that have been dealing with headaches or sleep apnea or uh, an imbalance or TMJ yeah. for 
years, yeah, 10 they, plus years. They just resigned. They resigned to it. And, and and maybe overly medicated on it to try to fix some of those yeah, problems. Yeah. yeah. How amazing is it when you show them the images, you show them, you can physically show people what is happening, the mechanism that's causing the pain and the discomfort. Yeah. What are, what's it like for people? It's, it's, it's pretty special most of the time. I, this, this little moment of validation that patients get when they, they have legit, they know they're not faking, number one. They know it's not all in their head, but they've seen a number of practitioners who, because they can't find anything concrete that's related to their symptomatology, they default to this, look, you, you, this is an anxiety stress, you're having panic attacks, it's, it's something else. And so the patients sort of wander around in this milieu of not knowing. And if they decide to stay on the planet, and God bless them for that, they just work it out in their brain. I'm just going to suffer. And they, and they do their best. You know, God bless these people because they do their do best. It. A lot of people do it. So they, to the moment, you know, when we, when we identify something on the images, um, I've had more than, more than one grown man shed tears when he looked at something on the image and I could point to it. And we, with a little tracing, a little forensic thinking, we can wind this back to some sort of trauma or some sort of injury. And you get this aha moment and you identify the problem. They, they get the dignity of a diagnosis. Yeah. And then they, then they have a pathway forward out of that. That's really special. The imagination of the cure. Yeah. That's, that's what, so powerful that yeah. what you just said is just because this whole part of their mind actually opens up and this and their life literally can change from that moment because they have hope they have a connection and now they can engage and bring their body to my clinic so I can help them you know which is part of that what do, what do most people do to contact you do they do most people go through the website or do most people call most people go through the website and we'll sign up we'll, we'll scan who am I what am I about and you know we try to put we try to put accurate in our best self and a well-rounded understanding of what we do but it's fairly sophisticated you know yeah. it's the website interests it wets your appetite if yeah. you will but coming in and sitting in, there's there's something about the doctor patient encounter that is sacred, and and it's and it's really a special thing because if you you get, you get to you sort of feel you know your your heart's in it, your brain's in it, you can see, and then when you pull those tangibles up, yeah, where you can actually see something and measure it and go, this is it, and then I can then start talking probabilities mm-hmm. to the patient, like here's a, here's the likelihood that this is it, and here's the likelihood that we can help. These images and consultations are free. This yeah. is where we want to start. Give them the website yeah. so that they can get out there. So, so the website is um, theliftclinic.com. It's easy. The Lift Clinic, as in lift you up. So yep. theliftclinic.com. That's Dr. Chapman's hope. Thanks, Dr. Chapman. Yeah. Thank you. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.